ओ सो माई फर्स्ट एडी ऑन दिस वन फिल्म दैट आई वर्क ऑन यूज टू कॉल ऑल द सीन्स ऑफ इंटरमेसी वो पुच्ची वाला सीन दिस इज दिस इज एक्चुअली फॉर योर नॉलेज अस्ट्रैपलिस ब्रा हमारे पास काम नहीं है Okay. Lifestyle, entertainment, and everything in between. This is the Pinkvilla Podcast. Asta, welcome to Pinkvilla. Thank you so much. So you are India's first intimacy coordinator, right? So I want to approach this because it's a very new thing still for Indian audience to know and learn about and adapt to. So I'm going to go for the first two three questions in the most academic way. So tell me. How do you define intimacy on set as an intimacy coordinator? What is intimacy for you? Very good question. <laughs> I usually get asked the first question is I who uh, who is an intimacy coordinator? What is an intimacy? Yeah. But uh, what is intimacy? But intimacy is um, not an intimate scene always, but also is an intimate scene. So. for intimacy what we usually define it as is um of course there is simulated sex there is nudity there is any kind of making out um there's any kind of physical touch that in that can have a sexual connotation there's also hypersexualization of body so we would like to for those situations take into account situations like item songs mm-hmm. for instance thanks very skimpy clothing hypersexualization of body close ups of cleavages and bums and what have you yeah familial interaction between minors and adults such as um giving you a very weird example but it might work um shahrukh khan is playing somebody's dad hmm. but he's not actually that person's dad yeah right so if he's say for instance playing the dad to a Eight year old girl. Yeah. Right. We have to make sure that we're taking care of that eight year old girl. Absolutely. Because although it is Shahrukh Khan and although it is going to be an extremely safe environment and you would never in your wildest dreams imagine anything going wrong, but a child can for one turn around and say, "Mera mood nahi kuch karne ka. I don't feel like doing this." Mm. Right. More often than not, you will have parents who are there. uh to chaperone their child their guardian on set um what i often find with those people is that they are they have a vested interest in the child getting the job yeah so they cannot interrupt that power dynamic yeah they cannot be the person who you can say can uphold the child's consent i agree right yeah so you need that other extra person an intimacy coordinator can fulfill that role uh an intimacy coordinator also is equipped to deal with any kind of authenticity related consulting when it comes to lgbtqi plus stories hmm. so i would call that an intimacy scene if there is a power dynamic at play between a person from the community and a person who is say cis het yeah um for instance there was this one particular scene that was shot in a show called the Fame game, yeah, uh, which is the one with uh, Madhuri, uh, back by Dharma. Correct. Um, there was a scene in uh, of of the character who's playing Madhuri's son going to goes to a brothel. Yes. Uh, there is a lap dance, and then after that, there is a little bit of a, a physical hatha pai that happens between him and a transgender person. Um, 
that would technically come under an intimacy coordinator's purview. There is abuse against somebody from a community. Um, so the minute that there is that power dynamic at play, you want an intimacy coordinator on set. Because you want to never have people from the community or in this case the community, but if it is if it is caste related, if it is religion related, if it is uh, any kind of minorities related, because of something called systemic oppression, you want to make sure that the gaze around it is not incorrect. Correct. And an intimacy coordinator can bring that information to the table as a consultant. So mm -hmm. those are spaces where intimacy coordinators do work. They do function. Yeah. So that is stuff that is outside of the purview of one's very narrow idea of what an intimacy coordinator does is, which is make people have sex on set or like on screen. You must have got that a lot. I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, this is why I asked you this as a first question. Now, to understand your job as an intimacy coordinator, I need to understand what intimacy on set is. So that is why the first question. Now, as an intimacy coordinator, when you go on the set, how do you exactly get into the situation, which is already uh, has a director, which already has a producer, which maybe have equations between the director producer already. Now to go between that and then establish the necessary rules that you're working on. How do you bring that into play? Okay, so again, um, this is very interesting because it's so pertinent to our film industry specifically yeah. because our film industry is a fraternity. Everybody knows everybody. Somebody's related to somebody. So your director knows your producer. They've worked on four films before. Sometimes the actors and the directors are great friends. They go out drinking together. They meet each other for dinners. They've been friends. They've been whatever. And they've been like, oh, chal, we'll do one film together, you know. And that's how a lot of casting happens. That's how a lot of films get Most made. Most of the times. For an intimacy coordinator to kind of come in here, it's very, it, it can be a little bit of a, uh, uh, I would say, not a very smooth terrain. Yeah. Right? Because you're interrupting a certain kind of power dynamic. But on the contrary, there is so much benefit to it because within that rapport that you share in, a, in your personal life with somebody, there are a lot of times that you cannot set forth boundaries. Yeah. So actors find it very hard to say no or yes or have a direct conversation, like a professionally appropriate direct conversation with their uh, directors and their producers for those reasons. So, for those reasons, intimacy coordinators actually are very beneficial mm -hmm. uh, to this situation because they interrupt that power dynamic, they absorb conversations on both ends. So, I will listen to everything that the director is saying and whatever the director wants. More often than not, directors, directors, producers, they know exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. They don't have the vocabulary to convey it. Yeah. You know, um, Either without references, sometimes what they'll do is they'll create references. They visually, if they if they cannot articulate it with words, uh, because they are uncomfortable to do so, they will then find videos, different kinds of videos, uh, uh, make edits, uh, come up with references of other films to show ki, oh this is what I want you to do. Mm. They will not be able to say I want you to thrust. Yeah. There will be simulated sex. There will be four four minutes say of you know intimacy on scene huh, yeah or whatever huh. like you know be able to break it down yeah but what they will be able to do is be like go watch that film there is that one scene i want it to be something like that mm. so they'll be able to give references yeah right so 
what I do is I take all the references from the directors. So as an intimacy coordinator, the job role definition is you take the vision of the director, you ask the actors for consent, their consent and their boundaries. You uphold the actors and the uh, or the performers' consent and boundaries. You choreograph a scene to visualize the direct uh, to realize the director's vision. Mm. That's essentially what an intimacy coordinator does sure. in its most basic sense. So it involves absorbing those conversations from the director, understanding what it is the director wants, requirement can. Huh. Going up to the actor saying, this is what we want to do, mm. right? For which you have to then modify your vocabulary according to what the actors will understand. And be comfortable. And be comfortable. Mm. So a lot of actors want it to be extremely clerical. Clerical they, as in give me examples. For example, I will not say the word doggy style to mm. some actor, right? To that person, I will say person with a penis standing behind another person uh, is going to perform simulated sex as though having penetrative sex on camera, mm. so on and so forth. Right? So then you're going to really make it very clear. Yeah, but I remember and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was HBO who after the Me Too movement in, in 2018, when they started with something called, called intimacy, intimacy coordinators, coordinator. I don't think it was there before yeah. that time. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, so HBO had this show called uh, The Deuce, hmm. which had this actor called Emily Mead. Second season of The Deuce, the actor turned around and said, this, the, the scenes that I'm required to do, I need support. Hmm. So the actor was aware of the fact that there's something called intimacy directors on stage. Hmm. So she said, I need somebody. So then that person from stage, her name is Alicia Rhodes, Yeah. the world's first ever yes. intimacy coordinator credit, yes. went to her, a beautiful person. Um, she was brought on by HBO for the deuce. Um, after using Alicia uh, on the deuce, HBO then eventually mandated that anything that is ever in HBO production she must have an intimacy coordinator. Wow. Yeah. And it's incredible. It is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think there have been multiple studios after that that have gone on and created those mandates. Um, but now SAG-AFTRA has done that for them in the US at least. Yeah. So uh, actually not just the US, the US, Canada, UK and Australia. They've all got very strong guidelines around the usage of intimacy coordinators. Mm. So much like, and it hurts me to say this, but when you use an animal on, uh, uh, even if, you know, like if there's a bird on your screen or when you're using an animal, uh, like a stray dog, or, you know, when, you, when there are a lot of people who have animal wranglers that they bring in different animals, like a pet cat or like a dog, sure. or like, uh, like Dil had a dog, a dog or whatever, yeah. like all of these films that have animals, right? You have to take licenses to use animals because you have to pertain to the fact that they don't. They, there was no cruelty on set with these animals yeah. of any kind. But there is no mandate around making sure that you're preventing sexual harassment and on set, on set yeah. for the people that are working there. And why I say preventing? Because there is post-trauma uh, support available which was how India decided to mitigate the baby movement, hmm. um, which is also extremely interesting to, you know, deep dive into when you think about it. What, so while the West, what they did was they came up with the intimacy coordinator and they came up with all of these other stop gaps around how 
in harassment how do you how do you work around harassment you know uh, if there is any harassment that occurs what are you going to do so on sure. and so forth um what india did was they created posh committees yeah so now there is a helpline or an email address that you get to go and uh, write an email and put forward a complaint after the fact hmm right but there is absolutely nothing done before the fact yeah it is so important to avoid so, this so yeah so the point is um, for me it's prevention is better than cure yeah because you might turn around and say uh after the fact that uh we don't consider this as harassment or even if you do hmm. and you've taken away the person who harassed the other person their job you've taken away hmm. media has cancelled them so on and so forth right but the person who's been harassed has to still go through therapy yeah they have to still live with what happened to them correct right there is no redemption mm. from this right um if i have been sexually harassed it is a trauma that i will live with my body will keep that score yeah there is no amount of somebody else getting punished that is going to take away from that trauma mm. so what are we doing to make sure that well make sure is the wrong word because nobody can make sure but what are we doing at least to try and create a, a an environment where you know where the, where it is not where it is very hard for somebody to cross a line yeah that's where i intimacy coordinators come come in play. but again intimacy coordinators only come into play in that one sphere where mm. there are these scenes that are coming yeah so of course these are higher vulnerability scenes so the risk in these scenes is much higher and therefore you want to you want to talk about that and you want to make sure that in this situation as much prevention possible yeah right um but we haven't even done anything for the crew and we haven't gotten to that bit yet because we haven't even gotten to the intimacy coordinator yeah. bit yet on a on a 100% uh space and we mm. usually as a as a as an industry look at our actors being the first people we do anything for yeah <laughs> you know this reminds me an incident i think again 4 5 years back uh, chitangada had spoken about uh, that once they were shooting for some intimate sequence on the set of babu moshai bandook bas huh. and i remember she had got uncomfortable with how the director was uh, you know treating the whole sequence and she was not comfortable with yeah. how it was being done and uh, have you seen something like this on a set have you seen it up close and personal where an actor is uncomfortable mm. with something that's been oh yeah oh yeah it happens because people are not aware of boundaries mm. and they don't know how to respect them once they've been set without taking it upon their egos um when a person is setting a boundary they're setting the boundary for themselves yeah it is about them it is not about that is the first thing hmm. and also as a as a culture we don't believe in the fact that no is a positive word yeah right no is taken extremely offensively yeah in general so it's also then not said enough hmm. because you don't want to offend the person yeah. who's in front of you and then you get uncomfortable or times when you say no but the other person is just not listening yeah so it will happen um what happened on the set that you were referring to oh the set that i am referring to actually <laughs> um the female actor had a huge problem with the fact that the male actor had like a boys club with a couple of the other male actors mm. 
and um, uh, they would crack jokes around the scenes of intimacy that were making the female actor extremely uncomfortable. The one that I am talking about specifically. Mm. Actually, this is an international show. It's not even a show for India that I did. Oh. And in an international show, um, I did it for for a for a, a, a show, Southeast Asian show. Um, it was so interesting for me to see that human beings are the same everywhere, <laughs> and how much ever you try and explain something to them, they don't understand it. So these boys decided that they would they they were just sharing texts and they were laughing at jokes and then you know they would. There, there is this general uh, term, you know, it's usually... Um, oh, so my first study on this one film that I worked on used to call uh, all the scenes of intimacy wo putchi wala scene. <laughs> right? That made one of the actors very uncomfortable. Of course. Like, that kind of stuff happens. And then if your male actor or like your, your male actor, female actor, it doesn't matter. But like if your co-actor is making it uncomfortable for you, yeah. then it's then it gets another... Thing. I've actually had a situation where another actor was trying to make their co-actor feel comfortable but their co-actor was going through a rough patch in their marriage um, and so that was stuff that they were bringing on set but of course it's nobody's business to know that yeah right um, so they were keeping their distance mm. apart from when they were doing the scene so the other actor got very offended by the fact that they were keeping their distance and so they would come on much stronger during the scene and when they would come on much stronger it was just like a a huge like play of trying to make sure that you want to make sure that the other actor doesn't feel offended yeah but you also want to make sure that this actor is not getting uh triggered mm. in any way and and in in those moments, there's again consent is so blurry, yeah. right? Um, for an intimacy coordinator to in that moment stand with one red flag and say, "We will not shoot the scene," I can't do it, right? Both the actors are agreeable to shoot the scene; they'll shoot the scene. The director wants to shoot it; the actors want to shoot it. So what what becomes important in that moment is it's not that black and white where I can just be like, "No, don't do it." Yeah. I have to then be like, okay, I understand where this person's consent lies. And so I have to give them the support that they're going to need to be able to get through this. How do you do that and in this particular sequence? I distracted them from be, having to be in the same space as each other. Hmm. I'd be like, come, let's go for a walk. And I would take the other person away. I would... You know, do stuff like that. Yeah. So, it's bystander intervention. If you were to think about it in in its uh, academic term, yeah. For any kind of harassment or any kind of crossover of boundaries, there's something called bystander intervention, and there are different ways in which intimacy coordinators are trained in order to um, reduce the impact of harassment while it is happening in front of them. Netflix Prime is all okay. Ho I think they are they are hiring more intimacy coordinators to their, do their job but is the local producers also in the same line or is, is it still tough to like put it in their head because today when you look at so much of stuff especially on OTT there's so much intimacy out there so people would expect that intimacy coordinators but I don't think that is happening am I wrong? no you're right we don't okay um if I am to speak in complete honesty, the budgets are abysmal, mm. abysmal. Um, the uh, number of days that one has to shoot in a month are 
not more than 7 mm-hmm. which is very little yeah for any other for anybody yeah um and i'm saying 7 is a good month acha 7 is a good month you're like oh wow 7 days of shoot like i've made a lot of money in 7 days of shoot yeah doesn't happen so the thing is uh the netflix amazon hotstar z5 all of the platforms that you can think of they are all they all run on a business system where they acquire content or sanction or green light content but they hand it over to the production. local productions yeah. so when it is handed over to the production the entire crewing up the entire choice of budget the entire allotment of budget the entire um uh i would say the entire hold on what gets spent where in general mm-hmm. and what is required and what is in sits with the local production so when you say that netflix and amazon are hiring it's actually not them per se mm-hmm. although yes there is of course um uh there is support from them uh like if they were if somebody wants to hire an intimacy coordinator netflix and amazon will not say no okay but they will not go out of their way to say you have to hire one because we see that as creatives or we are seeing as a studio that there is intimacy on your script so you must have an ic on set that isn't there it's not like a mandate even from these studios it's not even a strong guideline Achha. forget it being a mandate mm-hmm. i don't think it's even a strong guideline it's not even the kind of thing where a, where a studio is turning around and telling the local productions that hey this is something you need to do because yeah. we would like for our sets to have icns yeah right it's not there yet we're working on it slowly but surely hopefully yeah and maybe if somebody hears yeah which is why this i was right. just thinking in my head right now asta that you know which is why this conversation sometimes you know it is conversation like these are really make me feel that i'm doing work that will probably create one impact even if one producer sees this and says no this is something that needs to be adapted it's a change yeah you yeah know? 100% there are certain studios that have adopted intimacy coordinators hmm. and um, and i get to hear that they regularly call them they and not just me other intimacy coordinators also and by studios i mean production houses the bigger production houses right like dharma mm-hmm. um if they have an intimacy scene they will call an intimacy coordinator does not have to be me necessarily but there will be somebody sure um they uh they not just dharma there's madoc mm-hmm. um dinesh vijan's production house. Yes. oh my god they will always call like i i worked on two projects with homi I did Jikarda as well. Oh, so they've done they every I I think since I started working with them since then any time there has been intimacy they will pick up the phone they will call. And they they it, they will make sure that there is a budget for it. They will allot it. Hmm. They they're like okay if the writer is going to write it if the actor has to perform it the director wants to direct it there should be an intimacy coordinator. Yeah. But you know why why I really feel Astha that beyond the simulated sex beyond the nudity why this is also important because say for example there's a song called Choli ke piche kya hai or you know there's a song called Chhat pe soya tha behno hi main tanne samajh ke so gayi mujhko rana ji maaf karna galti mare se ho gayi. You know these are risky lines. and it might be difficult for an actor to mouth these on the big screen it's not very comfortable yeah probably at situations like this an intimacy coordinator can come in between probably make you know, it safer make it safer. yeah i have a few more questions but before that i really want to move on to your kit 
and I want I want to see the stuff that you really use to make sure that things don't go wrong on the set. So basically, now you have the stuff that you use on the set. It's out there. Now let me know how you use them and you know how it protects the actors. So my kit is much larger than this. Yeah. Um, and it basically has three categories of things in it. Okay. One category is hygiene related, so razors, Listerine, toothbrush, Odomos, moisturizer, um, body oil, uh, nail cutter, nail filer. Then I have one category which is uh, modesty garments. So modesty garments are basically when we're shooting any kind of nudity, uh, whether it's implied nudity or say full frontal nudity, semi-frontal nudity, side nudity, so on and so forth. Actors are actually not naked mm. on set. So there are very many ways in which we uh, cover the actors in parts of their body that don't show on camera. Sure. So if I'm doing a full back naked for uh, uh, say a female actors, full back we want to see. Mm. Then I will cover their breast tissue the chest tissue so then I'll use things like uh, stuff like nipple pasties uh, so there are many different kinds they come in cloth they come in silicone we have silicone we have larger ones for more coverage smaller mm. ones for less coverage yeah. really depends on how we're shooting the scene um, I, apart from nipple pasties certain actors want a little more coverage than that yeah. so then I'll start using body tape and so body tape the way it works is it's basically a roll of tape Mm. and it's skin colored and it's adhesive I can put it any part of the body as much as required for as much coverage so I can basically cover somebody from neck all the way till their stomach mm. completely in front and have their entire back visible to on camera, camera. Mm. it really depends on what is comfortable for the actor and how much they need yeah. uh, in terms of coverage and we kind of work from there uh, I use body tape also for when I'm doing below the waist coverage. Okay. So like say suppose I need to show somebody's bum mm. on camera. So then I'll use body tape to make sure that I am attaching this C-thong. So a C-thong is basically a thong. So what we understand of a thong or a G-string as people call it. Yeah. Um, is that it has straps on both sides and then it has cloth in the middle. Yeah. Right. So the cloth goes between the legs. And the straps are on the waist. Yeah. A sea thong is just cloth between the legs. Okay. Without the straps on the sides. So that way what I can get is I can get full nudity mm. on. Like full side nudity. Yeah. Without somebody actually being naked at all. Then there is stuff where we, we have something called like a male thong. Mm. Now there are times when actors don't feel comfortable using adhesives on their body. Or they're not comfortable because they feel like I'm not wearing something. There's a lot of psychological aspect yeah. to it, right? Coverage has a psychological aspect to it. Which is why a lot of times body tape that we use, although we use skin tape a lot of times, we use colored tape a lot of times. Certain actors feel like if they're wearing a color rather than wearing skin, they feel more comfortable because they feel like they're wearing something. Yeah, and anyway, it's not seen on the camera. And as it is, the tape is not seen on yeah. camera. Usually what I will do is even if there it is that they've put color and then after that I'll border it with skin tape so that if there is a very slight, say, show on mm. camera, it can be cleared in the yeah. Makes sense. It gets merged yeah. in VFX and that paint job is not very difficult to do. Mm. So we can work around it. Some actors want to wear things. Mm. So that's when I'll give them something like this. So now this is a male thong. 
right you would imagine it's really small it does the job it mm. covers right and then what goes on inside of this because some usually uh, undergarments like this the seamless ones the ones that are skin colored whatever they come with such material that is very flimsy yeah. it's not supported right so we use something called internal barriers for something like this so i'll use cups with mm. foam yeah and then i'll customize it yeah. so i'll add say uh if you if you touch it you'll be able to feel there is a yeah. like there's there a cushion is a cushion yeah. there's a foam yeah. like easy like say, i would say about 3 mm 4 mm cushion between so you kind of add that in so say suppose this is the thing and then i'll stitch it yeah here right it's giving the actor some comfort so it gives them a certain structure yeah yeah it gives the garment some structure yeah so another one that i have is this this is another version of the same thing it's a crotch pouch of another kind yeah right so they all different varieties the idea is we give many varieties and yeah. then we just whatever they feel comfortable they like oh, okay give me this one this feels comfy makes right. sense um of course each of them has a different level of cushioning so then you decide how much barrier space or how much cushioning how much structure yeah you want to give this is a barrier now once it's done the job uh, of making people wear modesty garments the next bit or the next category of things that is there in my bag are barriers mm. barriers basically is there so that there is no genital touch yeah and there are two reasons for it one because you don't want to feel awkward yeah right in general it doesn't matter whether there is arousal it doesn't matter if somebody has an erect penis none of that is of any consequence you just generally want to feel a little more comfortable and the way to feel comfortable is to know that there's gap yeah right and the second bit is of course if there is any kind of possible um mishap of arousal Mm. right so there's something called arousal non concordance which yeah. is again a technical term but basically the idea is that uh there are a lot of times that people can get aroused and they don't know why their body is aroused because they're not actually consenting to the situation uh, the situation on it's not like they're attracted to the person also yeah it's just because the body has hit certain stimulus yeah. and so there is a arousal so it's uh involuntary mm. you want to safeguard actors from ever feeling like that involuntary mishap will happen which will be extremely embarrassing for them yeah and make the other person also comfortable uncomfortable make them also uncomfortable all of that yeah. stuff so the academics behind it is that so that is how you kind of use barriers also use barriers because no real sex acts we don't do any real sex acts of course so when you have a barrier it's just like reinforced that yeah. everything is tucked away and kept aside and yeah you know there is no real sex act happening mm. at any point this is a barrier this is actually for your knowledge a strapless bra yeah correct right it goes like this yeah okay <laughs> i use it as a barrier uh the reason i do it is because everything that we get in the market we have to use as jugaad correct obviously because, because not there, a, there, there yeah. isn't a, a brand that sells it modesty garments maybe yeah. someday when i have some kind of investment i'll think about inshallah inshallah <laughs> but up until now huh. it hasn't so what i do is i use this and because it has a great form because it has a this underwire that works perfectly 
has great form to stick right mm. under the stomach and then to gives again based on the size of it mm. so it can give plenty of space to a person with a penis mm. um for their uh penis and scrotum and all of that material tissue um then give them enough coverage by going over the bum yeah. over here and then i can tape around it so i can use this also it has it's soft yeah right so over and above say this yeah. that they are wearing inside so this would go inside and then i would put this on top so then i would give them enough shorty cushioning yeah, nothing is going to go wrong nothing is moving yeah. and also there is enough cushioning yeah. so now if this body is touching another person's body mm. there is so much cushioning between the two that there is at no yeah. points there is going to be any touch or even the sense of genitals Correct. being felt yeah. on on the body while somebody like this somebody with a penis is wearing something like this somebody with a vagina or a vulva would be wearing something like this is a butt pad yeah so say suppose we were doing a doggy style yeah right so the person uh, who is on their fours um would need a cushion support yeah. cushioning on the back yeah so that this is the kind of thing that i would use to give them internal support on the back yeah so they could be wearing something in that and when because of the, what they are wearing they as it is the other body is covering them yeah so you can't tell that they're not wearing anything mm. and this is the kind of barrier that i would use yeah for this kind of situation you know this want makes me ask you you worked on class yeah now there is this and there's a lot of intimacy in this show yeah. Uh, i must say very tastefully done thank you and uh, there is this one sequence where this character called balli walks out of the washroom but naked yeah tell me how difficult that scene is and i remember when he, that scene is being shot he usually what people do is during such sequences there are only four or five people involved it is a lot of children the correct uh, correct who man they are yeah. people around yeah uh, how did you shoot that sequence we covered the front with uh with the same kind of coverage that we wanted we had already spoken to the actor and taken consent for bare bum and uh, that was taken at the stage of casting mm. also sivayal is a phenomenal actor yeah the person who played bali yes very confident in his body very confident in his performance mm. extremely um focused and very professional mm. um they there he had a lot of intimacy yes in the a lot of it a lot of intimacy yeah. in the first season yeah he has a lot of intimacy in the second season as well mm. um along with koyal nena yes yes yeah sivail again ha, ha, i spoke to him he was a little bit nervous as you would be i of mean course. anybody would be um but then when he got into his character and had to shoot it he was just like okay chalo let's do this mm-hmm. and we went ahead and shot it there were a lot of people on set but he was so confident in his body that it made it easier also if you see the way that it's been shot his bum is actually only visible to the camera not to the people yeah. and everything the people while he's walking all the people that you are seeing 
are all people that are in front of him and the front was couple okay yeah so the class actors were comparatively newcomers but then you go on and work with a dipika padukone gehrai you know such a established superstar does your process change that of approaching a certain sequence or a certain sequence that involves intimacy oh yeah yeah i was a fan no mm. also <laughs> no but uh, yeah your approach changes because you're not talking to them as though they don't have any idea about how to shoot or what camera angles are like mm. but apart from that it doesn't change um you t- when you're talking to an actor that is an established actor they understand what camera angles are what is being shot what is the story arc what is the character arc they they're also at that stage where they are able to question why is there a scene of intimacy is it needed for the story yeah so on and so forth right having said that dipika was a dream to work with like and i she is by far one of the m- most amazing actors who have done intimacy scenes with mm. while making sure everything is up to protocol she would make she would be very clear of making sure like she told me she was like you make sure everyone is out of the room you make sure it's a close set she would say those things to me mm. but when it came down to actually shooting the scenes there wasn't apprehension she yeah. was there she was she was happy to give shakun uh all the faith and support that she needed to give as a performer to her director yeah in that moment to be like i understand that this is your vision and we're going to help make it come to life mm. so in that moment she was not dipika she was anisha and she made it happen she was like okay i understand why anisha would do this and so we'll do it yeah so because she had she was so also self assured yeah right um when you're at that stage and you've chosen to do a film like gehraiya mm. you know what is coming yeah. it's not going to hit you out of nowhere right yeah. um so you're aware of what you're shooting you're aware of what is coming to you and and she came with that confidence and she ruled was she willing for workshops oh yeah oh yeah in fact she's the one that uh, uh kind of brought up the idea of doing workshops mm before shooting the sequence yeah yeah not just intimacy workshops she brought up the idea of doing acting workshops also she said i would like to spend time with the actors before we go on set to shoot yeah um because there is a power dynamic she is a superstar the other three actors were not superstars in in that same right yeah again actors well known actors and they are very well known actors that did really yeah. well in uh, gully boy and inside yeah. edge before that and stuff like that so he was also very well known actor but nobody is a dipika part yeah. and then you have to play her sister her yeah. love interest yeah that familial interaction to bring that calm that composure that bodily familiarity mm-hmm. that only comes from workshop space and yeah. to be open to that workshop space she had to be the one who was open to it everybody else would be like yeah okay we'll do it if dipika is asking yeah but everyone else was also very excited to do it mm-hmm. so we actually did it we we did a lot of workshop we did the intimacy workshops and the acting workshops part of the same week so sure. so when you working on a film set you're working on the producer's salary now say an actor has done a scene and has found that some of her com- comfort has been violated now in this sequence and you're on the set you've seen it you, you're a witness to that in a situation like this uh, the producer might say you know let's brush it under the carpet uh, and the actor wants to raise his or her voice saying this is something i'm not comfortable with how do you deal with a situation like that 
See if a producer turns around and says, "I want to brush it under the carpet," then the producer is bringing on a huge risk hmm. to themselves because any actor can catch hold of any person in the media, and they and the production house can have havoc rain on them. Hmm. Um, especially the moment that it does become something like this, it is your it's the next headline headline on the next tabloid, and and. Social media is going to just pick it up like this. But before 2018, it hardly came out, na Asta. Before 2018, um, mm-hmm. actors uh, didn't feel like they had a voice when it came to losing jobs, mm-hmm. and also a lot of actors, a lot of performers felt like if they would come out and say something, that people would say they're victims mm-hmm. or like victim cards that mm-hmm. they're playing, and there's a lot of. Nonsense also, na that comes your way when you have to relive a certain incident. It is the same. It's like it's like and what happens when people get raped? Then they asked fifteen times, "How did you get raped?" Yeah. Or like if there was harassment, how do you think it was harassment? By what measure is it harassment? So yeah. on and so forth. Correct. Right. Difficult questions to answer for the victim. But here's the thing. Now in the in the world that we are in today, in our industry, even if the producer on that local production. is saying i want to brush it under the carpet studios can't do it hmm. so so if your producer of your local production is brushing it under the carpet you can go up to the netflix or the amazon and speak them directly hmm. and be like hey this happened to me and i need you to address it uh your management can write to legal and have it addressed yeah your um But I have to say, there are like uh, studios like the bigger studios again, um, your Dharma, your Shraj, uh, Madoc, RSVP. They've all got HR systems, posh systems, harassment lines, um, no tolerance policies, all of that stuff in place. So if somebody does say something and choose to say something, they can. Yeah, um, that's good for that. Yeah, thank God for that. And then there is one more aspect to it. There is a legal aspect. Mm. If this person, actor, hopefully, if and I'm saying this hopefully because I'll explain why. Hopefully, if this person is a woman, then there is a legal angle to it. Mm. Workplace Harassment Act for women. So you can go and call the police on them. You can't do that as a man. Why? In India, the law doesn't allow it. The law for sexual harassment is only for women. Hmm. Um. So it does not involve non-binary people. It does not involve trans people, and it does not involve men. As far as I'm aware, I could be wrong. If there has been any update on the law in the maybe recent times, but as far as my knowledge goes, that is what it is. It is known as the Sexual Harassment Act. Hmm. Hmm. For women in the workplace, yeah. So, person that is a woman can file a complaint. Nobody else can. Man cannot file a complaint also. Or on behalf. Or anybody from the LGBTQIA community. Cannot. Can no. L the L can. The G can't. Correct. Yeah. Because But, again, for women, you say sure. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Anybody who identifies as a woman can't. Yeah. Anybody who is sex assigned at birth female can. Hmm. 
technicality is there also true no but the reason i asked this question is also because is there a way to do something around this you know to make something around this to make sure ki the ic is not biased at any point because they the ic is not biased because the ic is the witness correct yeah but the i mean the ic is still being paid by the producer so there is no mm. pressure on the ic also no yeah. nobody can pay you enough to not do your job yeah so sure. that makes sense nobody can and, pay you enough to not do your job well yeah and ethically yeah it doesn't matter mm. and if i and i don't want to work with that production house if a production house is not going to address a harassment situation right yeah. so it's not a function of uh will i get another job with them ever again wouldn't work with them ever again because they don't understand the sanctity of my job mopa so yeah that's where i'm at i feel like there needs to be a larger conversation and and i want to try and impact and hit at this culture in any way or form yeah that i can and i hope we have been a party to that we i hope we, oh, we I take hope this so. forward and i hope more and more people know this be aware about it and make sure it's important to have a safe working environment in any case thank you so much astha uh, this was a lovely conversation there are some days that i feel happy of the work that i'm doing this is one of them thank oh you so God. much thank you so much i am so grateful that you called me here and there's no better platform to swear and i'm so glad i spoke to you thank, thank you so you. much thank, thank you. you if you enjoyed today's episode like share subscribe and don't forget to join us every friday for the next episode of the pink villa podcast